my friend. Thank you so much for being here and welcome back to Evolving Truths. Today, you are gonna hear mom and I talk about fear. We're gonna talk about how it comes up in our everyday life and what to do when you run into a wall of it. It is my greatest pleasure to present to you episode two of Evolving Truths. We got a lot going on. It's just a thing. Let's talk about it. How was your weekend? My weekend was magical. I got to live three days of this is what I want my life to be. (laughs) I published my website. AlexisRayCoaching.com is live. Brats. Thanks. We'll continue to update it. This is just the first pass, but I just bit the bullet and did it. Yesterday being the anniversary (laughs) of the accident, I just did everything that my little heart wanted to do. That meant pretty much staying in my own bubble all day and not really talking to people and reading. I felt a little superstitious. I had it in my mind that I didn't want to drive at all yesterday. Like I wasn't going to be in the car, but I got in a car and I got myself back and it was fine. I just felt like a slow drive by of an old memory. When you drive through your hometown and drive by your house that you grow up in that no longer has family in it, that is, I think, what yesterday felt like in my body. Yeah. Did you have thoughts of it? Oh, yeah. I definitely thought about yesterday. Mostly I was thinking because this year we're backpacking now this weekend. So it's actually a weekend later than it was last year. I just remember getting back into service, cell service and having a message from you. I think it was a text that was just like, Hey mom, I've been in a car accident. Everything's fine. I'm good, but just wanted to let you know. And then calling you and one, just knowing, okay, you're okay. And then obviously we know everything that you had to go through this next year because of that. But yesterday I definitely was that's like, I checked in with you like, Hey, how are you doing today? What's going on? And then you're like, I took a nap and I was like, okay, good. Like you were taking care of yourself. And I think that's good. Cause obviously as much as I'd love to, as a parent, I don't think it ever goes away. Be there, wrap you in bubble wrap, keep you safe. And I know I can't do that. So knowing that you have yourself more in a place where you can do those things for yourself. And then my role is to support that when you ask for it, give suggestions or input. As a parent, I'm sure there's times I provide suggestions or input, whether you've asked for it or not, but, you know, trying to be better about (laughs) just being there and in a support and do that more when it's asked for, because you are an adult and making your own life. So just seeing and knowing that you're in a space where you can do those things for yourself, I think is a really good It's a nice feeling for me as a parent. And I think it's something I'm very proud of you for and and hope you feel good about yourself for. I think I was expecting to cry or have this huge flood of memories, which I did, but I was having them Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. I don't know. I don't really know what I was expecting, but my heart definitely felt tender and I just wanted to wrap my own heart in bubble wrap. I hadn't come up with the analogy of driving by your childhood home before just now. And that feels really fitting. It's just this giant life mile marker. 
I just was focusing on the moment and less about last year. Now we're in this new life. Like, let's just keep trucking along. It doesn't mean that that's not still there. And maybe I still do need to cry or I'll continue to cry because I'm still transitioning out of this grieving and mourning process. Yeah. But I'm really grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for that too. (laughs) I'm going Uh, backpacking this weekend. So since I'm not going to be, you know, available this weekend, I would also like you to be very safe with yourself. (laughs) I can do that. I remember sending you that text message because I was going back and forth. Do I send it? Do I not send it? Do I wait for you to get in contact with me? Because I knew that you were out of service. And it wasn't like I just dropped the accident on you. I feel like I teed it up. I hope you've been having a great time. I've gone back and forth on if I send this or don't send this, but I just want to share the information. I was trying to be conscious of the situation that something major had happened and I knew that you were going to have feelings about it. So acknowledging that, I'm pretty sure I put in the text message. Um, Yeah, I think you did. I mean, I'm sure I still have it. I can go back and look. I was going to see if I can find that. I would love that. (laughs) You did. Hey, mama, I hope you're having a really great time. I don't think you have service, but just in case I was in a car accident. We're okay. Neither one of us are hurt. Just want you to know how much I love you and how grateful I am for you and proud to be your daughter. Can't wait to hear all about your adventure. Screenshot that, please. (laughs) And then I, in trying to keep my cool, was like, Hey, Miha, just got to Netherlands, going to grab food and beer. I'm glad you guys are okay. Love you. And then you sent me pictures. And then I said, glad you're okay. And then we finally were able to chat on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Fear. Are you experiencing any of that in your life right now? (laughs) Yeah. Sitting here recording this podcast with you. Oh, stop it. That's like the natural, easy work. All we do is now have our conversations recorded. Valid. And in different places, looking at each other on camera. True. But you look great. Thanks, Mia. You're welcome. I'm not sure why, but I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, I was thinking about this topic, obviously, and I figured before we dove into it, one, we're not doctors, right? No, it- we're ordinary people. Exactly. We are just relating to others through our experiences. Correct. None of this is medical. We are not telling you to do any of the things that we have done. Take what you need to take and leave what you do not need. (laughs) I like your disclaimer. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I was thinking about it and that feels important to say. These are just our stories and experiences. And if they resonate, great. But consciously think about the actions that you take after you listen to this. (laughs) Right. Before really doing anything, I think we should think about it. But yes, I think it's cute that you feel like we need to put a disclaimer. Well, but also good idea. I respect it. I I wasn't expecting that, but I love it. Okay, great. Good job. Thanks. Now that that is out of the way, what is fear? We live in a society full of it. Turn on the news. People don't even want to go to grocery stores or concerts or send their kids to school. Before we talk about fear, I think we need to name our context. Sure. All those fears that you just stated to me goes along with people just being afraid of someone or something that's different, beliefs that are different than theirs. And I think 
a lot of the things that you just mentioned that have caused people to be afraid of going in these places come from people acting out of fear of things they don't understand or people that live their lives differently than them to fear of moving out of state like you recently did fear of changing a job, fear of just trying something new. Like most things in life, there can be a spectrum and depending what context we're thinking about it. Today, it is having the discussion more around personal life, things maybe that we fear, but where we have more control over it. I can't control when I'm going to go into the grocery store or go see a movie, what someone else may do, but I can control how I'm thinking about or approaching a life change or a decision that's causing me some apprehension or fear. I feel like that's what we're here to chat about. Is that what you were thinking? 100%. There's the physical fear and the emotional fear, which is what we want to talk about how do we unfreeze ourselves in times of suffering in our own life? And that can be coming from a job that we're unhappy in or a paralyzing moment in life where you can't go forward and you can't go backwards and you're stuck scared. Like I, I think we are only ever living in fear or as some people say, love. And making that shift, the transition from fear to a more positive outlook is relentless. Right. Some of us might deal with more fear around making a change or having things come up than others do. So again, that spectrum piece, but the tools that we might use as we face things can be the same. Things that you you and I have found work for us, things that friends have talked with us about. So we know that there's different types of fear. We're talking about fear in our own lives and how that impacts us. Everyone is going to have different layers of working through it. Part of that is because of the circumstances we've been handed, whether it's our mental health or we were taught positivity at a young age. Everyone is going to walk up to their fear with a different set of baggage and their own circumstances. But when we talk about it, we can find those relatable things that you just said. I'm glad that you said that. Thanks. Actually, what I was thinking too was sometimes we don't name it as fear. We might just say, well, I don't like change or we maybe hide it or hide from it by utilizing other things whether it's shopping or some other hobby or habit that we might do, we maybe go to the other extreme and I guess overcompensate in terms of ignoring the fear. And that can be risky. We know our bodies don't lie. So it might come out then in either how we're treating ourselves or how we're treating our friends or family, probably those closest to us. If we're not taking a few minutes to address, no, actually I do. Because fear sounds like a big word. So it could be any moment of uncomfortability. I realized that when I am in my fear mind, I criticize myself. An example of this, I was working on my website. It was a new tool I had never used before. Found this platform that helps you build a website, yada, yada, yada. They had two options for editing your website. A predetermined template one that's for beginners, super user friendly. I chose that one to start. Then they describe the other one as more web designy, more options, more features. As I'm playing in the template, I'm realizing it's really not giving me the freedom that I want. So I switch it over to the other one and it warns you. It's like, once you switch this over, you can't go back. I'm like, okay, do it anyways. Did it. 
like a tattoo. But yeah, for real. No regrets. <laughs> I switch over, start playing around with it. You know, most of the time when I'm learning new software, I'll play with it and I can figure it out. And I was doing that and I was at the end of the day, was half-minded into it, but like half not and started getting frustrated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so freaking dumb for switching this over. I should have stuck to the template. I'm never going to figure this out. Obviously this obstacle is too big to overcome, clearly. I shut my stuff down for the day after getting frustrated, went about the rest of my night and realized later in the evening, that is me telling myself that I can't overcome this. Like I am scared. Obviously I'm scared to launch this website. Obviously I'm scared to be taking these next steps in my career and my life. It was like, oh, can't figure out the website. Might as well just throw up our hands and call it good. Right. Well, what the heck am I afraid of? I'm afraid I can't figure out this tool. Alexis Ray, I have never come across a tool that I couldn't learn. The only way this wins is if I don't do it. So the next morning I found a YouTube channel that did tutorials on the entire website went and found the two or three videos that I needed to watch, spent less than an hour or an hour on it. And by the end of that eight hour work session at this coffee shop, I had my whole page built. Nice. That was fear. I was, I realized like fear for myself is sometimes criticism. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I thought, what is fear disguised as in our life or how do we run from it? In this example that you just gave, beating yourself down and we invest the time in talking poorly to ourselves and beating ourselves up, that shift that you made to the next day going, no, let me sit down and figure this out, being able to instead invest the time in a way that's actually going to serve us well. Oh, totally. The energy that we expend being mean to ourselves is energy that we can shift into creating positive in our life, in our mood and what we are committed to doing. I was even thinking, I'm going to share this, like you're training for a 55K run, right? I am. Yeah. October 1st. You're going to crush it. But the past two weeks you have been dealing with getting over COVID and that's forced you to change how you're training. What thoughts have you been having? Because I'm pretty sure you're experiencing fear. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. In addition to that, not feeling well and not being able to be training at the level that I was or feel like I want to or need to be right now. On Friday, I was getting ready to head out for the weekend and I had my hands full. I was walking out to the car in some flip-flops that definitely need to be replaced. And I caught a stick in the flop. And next thing I knew, I was on the ground, like fell off the curb on the ground. And because my hands were full and I couldn't catch myself a whole lot, basically my right knee took the brunt of the, the fall. So- Shannon! You flopped in your flops? What the heck? I flopped in my flops. Yep. Yep. And and I totally blame it on that stick. So my knee since then has been even just walking up and down stairs or getting up from a chair, like I'm feeling it in my knee. So now in my head, I start to go to that place of great. You're sick. You're not being able to run. Now your knees kind of messed up. What are you going to do about that? One of the things I think about it as we use this example and even talking about the website is just being willing to adjust. I think sometimes fear comes from this space of expectations. 
expectations is a lot of times what leads to disappointment. In this case, we can even say fear. Things don't go exactly like we wanted them to or thought they were going to. We had this idea of what it's going to be, and it's not. Instead, just having to shift my focus. In my particular case right now, my focus is to get healthy. My focus now with my knees to really shift and do some good mobility work to get it back where it is that it needs to be. I guess also having to give myself grace in that space. Like we have to do that. And then thinking about things that even tied with fear, we can still feel good about, right? In my case, my run isn't until October 1st. Thank goodness I took my fall this week. Thank goodness I got sick now like two and a half weeks ago and it wasn't in September kind of thing. I think even in this space of fear, finding those things we can be grateful about to go, oh no, wait, even you saying, no, I've always been able to figure these things out. Let me go do some work. Let me do some research. Finding those ways to then just be able to shift that a little bit, I think is good. But sometimes we forget or we just kick into our old habits of the way we've always done things. Yes, we go to our defaults because that is what is programmed inside of us. And I said it to you a couple of weeks ago when we first started talking about having this conversation. It's scary because we've never been there. And the only way we get to the place that we've never been is to do the things that we've never done. Right. I feel like it's so obvious in front of us, but we can't see it. And I know it's not obvious because even as I say that, my chest is like halfway open and halfway shut. I feel that in my body. That's where my emotions manifest is in and around the center of my sternum. It's still uncomfortable. Since the day that I woke up after getting laid off, I knew that fear was going to happen. And I told myself, it is not going to win in this scenario. And I am still in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I realize no one has the answer. We're just trying to freaking talk about it. Right. Growing up, actually, I think my parents had it. And then I'm pretty sure your dad and I shared it with you. Zig Ziglar was someone that I listened to a lot, loved his information and things that he talked about. And when he talks about fear, he uses it as an acronym and it's false evidence appearing real. Because how often are we afraid of something that one, hasn't even happened? Two, even as we think about it, it never does happen. It's these stories that we've told ourselves. And a lot of times comes from a place of self-doubt. That's where it's coming from. Yes, self-doubt. It's coming from the fact that our instincts, our human body instincts are trying to protect us from emotional damage. That is scientifically proven. We as human beings have evolved to survive. We used to have to be hunter and gatherers. We used to have to fight off animals. You're being chased by Everyone uses a saber-toothed tiger as their examples in this of like, oh, you're being chased by a saber. You could be chased by a freaking lion. I don't care what you're being chased by. It could be you're allergic to bees and you're being chased by a hive of bees, whatever. Our instincts kick in to save us. And now how we live life has become so much easier and we're not under those physical stresses as much. Our mind has shifted to instincts kick in when we're experiencing emotions our feelings get hurt or we're heartbroken or something traumatic happens, our body goes into that survival mode. Right. As you say that and you're talking about survival, 
So I joined in helping me get myself ready for this 55K because I've never run that distance. I've done numerous trail half marathons and marathons. This is my first attempt at a 55K. And so I joined a group which has been really fun for me being with other women who also think that going to spend eight or nine hours out on a trail sounds like a lot of fun. Our coach for the group, she just ran the Tahoe 200 and she did a bunch of voice memos through it. And then she did a podcast where she like shared those voice memos and talked about it. So one of the women in the group this weekend running her first trail half she put a message in our Slack channel saying, Hey everyone, I did it. And I copied our coach and I did some voice memos. So I saw it really briefly over the weekend, but because I was out of town, I didn't get a chance to listen to it. So I went in this morning to find it and had also been messaging her. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I messaged her and I was like, Hey, I love you. Did the voice memos. I'm like, I was away this weekend. Haven't gotten to hear them, but I can't find them. And she just messaged back and she's like, haha, I got a case of self-doubt this morning and erased them. No. And, right. And then she said, I'll go and add them back. I'll put them under celebration. But I was just thinking here, this is such a good example of what we're talking about is we all got to hear our coach do it. She was inspired by that and thought that was cool. She posted it and maybe... I hadn't had a chance to listen or respond. Maybe others in the group hadn't yet either. So because that time had gone by and there hadn't really been any response to it, now she starts thinking, oh, that was dumb or maybe I shouldn't have done that, right? She says, I had self-doubt. I took them out. To me, this is just an example of that. Uh, so I love that she now is going to go put them back. So when we're done chatting, I'm going to go listen so then I can share and tell her. I thought that was really fun that she did that and inspired by that. But then that moment of self-doubt, that moment of fear, what are other people going to think? Probably some of, well, this was dumb. Like, why would people want to hear what I said opposed to what our coach said sort of thing? Uh, Just right there, a living example of what we're talking about. Everyone's experience is real. Every story you have to tell is valid. You are literally taking up physical space on this earth. That means you get to tell your story. Yeah. I am so glad that she's going to go put it back. Also, I would love to hear that. I couldn't imagine being that many hours on the trail and then just being like, oh, here's the thoughts in my mind. I'm getting that way in life now. <laughs> I've started doing voice <laughs> memos as I'm like freaking walking around. But after physically pushing yourself like that, those have to be awesome. Yeah. She was out there 96 hours and some odd. Are you you're going to do voice memos for your run? <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it, but maybe I will now. I will either need to ask you and or be like you and, and go to the uh, interweb and look up on the YouTube how to do a voice memo, or I'll just have to search it in my own phone because I have no clue how that works. So I'm also super stoked that the other runner was able to even do that because I'm sitting here going, I wouldn't even know how to do the voice memo. So that's amazing. Uh, we can definitely do a tutorial before October 1st. <laughs> Sounds good. I like it. Okay. We've named that fear is maybe a cover-up for other emotions that we're having. Is fear the cover-up or is fear legit what's there and we cover it up with other things? Well, I think it's both. We distract ourselves from the fear. That's the first loop. Distraction is everything we've been talking about. 
Right. We're distracting ourselves from the fear because we can't admit it to ourselves. But what are we actually trying not to admit to ourselves? I think that's the underlying emotions or worries that we're having. The unworthiness, the I don't know who I am without this. I can't do it because I've never done it before. Or I only ever get this far. I think it's distraction, it's fear, and then it's the underlying emotional obstacle that we really have to ask ourselves, why am I not moving forward? Why is this actually holding me back? Yeah. Yeah. And getting to that layer sucks and it's hard, but you have to get tired of the distraction to then realize, oh, there's actually something really deep down internal happening inside of me. And then you go down further into your heart and soul. Right. Right. I'd love to hear from others. You and I have given a couple of personal examples and I shared an example of someone in my running group, but I'd love to hear from people. How have they run from fear, right? Or how are they currently running from fear or times in their life where fear was disguised as something else? What did they do? How did they handle that? I think that'd be great to hear from others about that and then be able to come back and maybe even have some discussion around that. Today, we've talked about fear and what it can look like, but the next step is, as you said, without any professional advice here, but in our ordinary lives, what have we done to help ourselves move past that? What has that looked like? Hearing what others have faced with it and how they worked through it. I love that. I love that. Yes. That's all I got. Just a yes. Uh, (laughs) Get in touch with us, whether it's sending us an email or if you want, send it to us in a DM on Instagram. We want to hear your story. We'll just do our own little fear research. We just need a group of people willing to tell their stories. We're here to listen. Love that. Nice. Well, we'll pick a topic for the next one. I like it. It can be a surprise for all of us. Oh, I like that. And a nice follow-up conversation to this one after hearing some others' experiences and stories and then us thinking about times we've faced this and ways we've dealt with things and just be able to keep this one moving forward. Well, and I think talking about how do we move through the stages of distraction to then recognizing what we're dealing with and then that bottom layer. Okay, I have fear. I know I have fear and I'm actually ready to do something about it. Yeah. Or I'm perfectly content in my little bubble of distraction. And that's great for you too, because sometimes we just want to stay there and we need to (laughs) sit there until we're not ready to be there anymore. That is true. We could talk about fear endlessly. It literally runs our lives. It does. So making that conscious decision to have it not. And what does that look like? What do we do? Let me tell you, the outcome is electric. I like it. On that note, everybody, thank you for coming back. And we're excited to see you in the next one. We are doing it. Episode two is on the record. And we are so grateful to be sharing this with you. Like my mom said, we want to hear your fear story. So when you're ready to talk about it and you want someone to listen, please send us an email to evolvingtruthspodcast at gmail.com with your story. Or you can hop onto our website, evolvingtruthspodcast.com and fill out the contact us form with your story. In the meantime, please subscribe to the show wherever you are playing it. And if we are totally your cup of tea, leave a five-star rating and review. Let's connect on social because we are in this together and I am so excited to be in community with you. 
Last but not least, we will see you next week. Remember, life is beautiful and we are witness to its magic. Have a good one. You are listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast. The artwork for this podcast was created by Julie B. Salazar and is part of the Inner Landscape print series. For more information about Shannon and Alexis and to find more ways of connecting to this network, visit evolvingtruthspodcast.com.